Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520s. I, I have one of my great heroes on the program today, a man I've admired when I was at the Republican National Convention. Sheriff Tim Howard showed leadership there as an undersheriff. As a sheriff, he has been the most dedicated, honest, decent public servant and a very humble man. But with criminals, he's a tough guy. So let me tell you a little bit more about him. He has a lovely wife, uh, Susan. He was preceded by Pat Gallivan. And, of course, Timothy B. Howard is the sheriff of Erie County since 2005, succeeding Gallivan who was elected to the state Senate. Tim Howard faced three candidates during the 2013 election. Tim Howard received the Erie County Republican nomination and the Erie County Conservative nomination. Meanwhile, the other two candidates were Richard Dick Dobson Sr. and Burt Dunn. Both went to a Democratic primary. Dobson came out as the primary's winner, becoming the Democratic nominee, while Dunn stayed in the race by starting a political party to receive a ballot act access the Erie County Law and Order Party, our popular Erie County Sheriff, and uh, I I hope he stays in for many, many more years because he's healthy, he's vibrant, he came here on a Sheriff's Department motorcycle to ESPN AM radio, he's a picture of health. Now, let's talk about something very unpleasant, and we don't want any copycats out there doing this again, because it puts uh, hundreds or thousands of people at risk. We remember what happened with 9-11. As of the taping on Wednesday, there was a bomb threat in downtown Buffalo. Tell us, what was this bomb threat? What was the motivation? And what do you do do with your SWAT teams to find and apprehend this person before lives are lost? Well, the investigation's continuing, and you're correct, just right around the noon hour today, um, someone in the Office of Court Administration, the court building um, in downtown Buffalo, um, received a call indicating that there was a bomb in the building. Um, caution being the operative word. Um, the building was evacuated um, by the Office of Court Administration security personnel, um, assisted by the Buffalo Police Department. Um, our um, bomb squad was notified. Um, I always brag about the cooperation among various agencies here in Western New York, but we had seven different teams, search teams, um, that responded to that building um, with, with uh, search dogs. Office of Homeland Security. So I um, spent about three hours thoroughly searching the building while it remained vacant um, or vacated. Um, nothing suspicious was found. So this was a terrible waste of government resources, an interruption of the um, court business that would have been conducted. Um, rather than that, it was the intention of the individuals to delay a court proceedings or simply to cause chaos 
um, with uh, within a government building, um, it, it uh, certainly interrupted the, the process that would have otherwise taken place in that building. So um, we will continue with the assistance of the FBI and working with us to try to identify the individual responsible for making this call. And this has been done elsewhere across the country to process or to prosecute that individual to the uh, fullest extent of the law. Well, let's go into this a little bit more. Because you're the sheriff of Erie County, you're the top law enforcement official, you're with the state police, you come from a family with so many relatives who are in law enforcement. When you're putting hundreds of uh, public safety officials on an emergency like this, and they have to leave uh, murder investigations, arson investigation, drug heists, it's much bigger than just attending to a bomb threat. Let's talk about how public safety is hurt in all these other areas where you have to do your work. No, excellent point. I mean, I, I think there was a time, and maybe it was in my own youth, when someone thought that maybe pulling a fire alarm was just a simple prank or calling the police and reporting some incident um, didn't didn't seem like a, a terrible crime. But those, those were day, days long since gone by. Um, it's exactly as you said now with the um, state of, of uh, terrorism around the world. Um, these things have to be taken seriously, and maybe um, where previously buildings wouldn't be vacated, um, most generally now they are. Um, might it be the terrorists' motivation to empty the building to make the occupants a more easy target? Um, you can you can never guess at what um, what's being intended here, but but there are standardized procedures um, that are followed. But again, it it uh, whatever the intention was of the caller. Um, if it wasn't to cause chaos, that's uh, a disruption of government business. That certainly was the end result. Okay, let's say you catch this deranged individual who may have mental illness to do something like this, because people could lose their lives uh, with, let's say, there would be people evacuating a building, people could be stampeded to death, or there could be other accidents resulting from this. What type of sentence? would someone get for a false alarm here costing hundreds of thousands of dollars to the taxpayers, inconvenience, traffic delays, uh, total disruption? What type of time could that under, person Under do? the right circumstances, this could be charged federally as a terrorist act. Um, I think depending on, <clears throat> on the motivation, um, depending on, again, what else um, happened or, or didn't happen, but an interesting point that you raised is the financial loss um, but we have seen some cases where individuals are actually sued um, for the government to recoup some of what was lost um, as a result of that. And, and uh, should this individual be identified, and hopefully he will, um, he'll both be prosecuted <clears throat> and hopefully um, possibly even be pursued civilly to recover some of the damages. Well, I think that happened with that Jesse Smollett, the actor, who made up, uh, you know, uh, an attack on himself? And I believe in Chicago, he's going to have to come up with a hundred thousand or a hundred thirty thousand dollars to the Chicago Police Department for all the costs involved with all the detectives and investigations. So uh, hopefully, this uh, deranged individual will have to pay for this. We have had similar cases. I don't think we've done one in in a, in a few years, but working with the Erie County Attorney where we collected money from the family um, as a result of a, a similar threat. In this case, I think it was an, an anthrax threat 
<clears throat> that was made in one of our local schools, and, and the family paid to the, to the limit of the local law, but it wasn't that high of a sum. Um, I, I, I don't know what the, the ceiling would be um, federally, but uh, I would love to see that happen here. Again, we're very honored to have our top law enforcement official, a man of great courage and strength. I am very fortunate to know this man. I have great admiration for him. He's a very humble man when he's not on the air, but he's very tough with criminals. I'm talking about Sheriff Tim Howard, the sheriff of Erie County, who's been in this position for 14 years. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts on ESPN AM 1520, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Special thanks to Mickey Pawenski for arranging this interview little plug here, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Eagle has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Eagle is available in many Tops and Wegman stores for home delivery. Call 716-835-9454. That's 716 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. Thank you to those who've called regarding uh, recent guests, including a friend of the Sheriff's Erie County Clerk, Mickey Kearns. We had General Jacques Klein, who was an Undersecretary of the United Nations, and Congressman Tom Reed. Coming up, Jim Lewicki, President of the Polish-American Congress, and famous astronaut Bill Gregory will be on this program So stay tuned. We have a lot of exciting programs on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. In 2017, Tim Howard was reelected, narrowly defeating Democratic challenger Bernie Tolbert. He lives in South Wales with his lovely wife, Susan, our guest, Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. When you spoke before the Amherst Republican Committee, you talked about this green light legislation, and you are very, very worried about this, where perhaps illegal aliens who are here illegally really are put on a pedestal where you can't look into their backgrounds. Let's talk about this green light legislation, why you oppose it, and why it's dangerous to people in Erie County. Well, I mean, for a variety of of reasons um, that I continue to oppose it, and I'm joined uh, by others here in Erie County government, both um, our clerk, whom whom you just mentioned, uh, Mickey Kearns, as well as the comptroller, Stefan Mahailu. um, Both have have, uh, joined me in speaking out about it for for different reasons. Um, The New York State Sheriff's Association, um, as a group, has opposed it, specifically because it limits law enforcement access to Department of Motor Vehicle Records um, to identify individuals that um, were not, did not enter the country lawfully, um, lacked 
that require documentation that all of the citizens um, in New York State are required to have in order to get a license, but allowing these individuals to um, obtain a driver's license. Um, the legislation is new enough, and there's still a lot of confusion to actually how this is going to um, finally become operational. But certainly one of the concerns would be that law enforcement would only be able to continue to access Department of Motor Vehicle information, um, determining if an individual has or doesn't have a license or registration information. But we'll only be able to access this if we um, pledge that we will not release this information to any um, other law enforcement agencies or otherwise use it for civil law enforcement um, versus criminal law enforcement. Um, that we will have to keep various records, another burden um, on law enforcement. Certainly a, a great concern is that if we access this information, then motor vehicles will then notify that individual. I think it's within three or five days that an inquiry has been made about them. So let's say we were to inquire about an individual that entered the country unlawfully, does he or she have a New York State driver's license? Um, we're doing a drug investigation. Um, motor vehicle office would then notify the individual that the police is, is asking about them. And I mean, they'll destroy the drugs. Government working against each other, sure, or disappear, um, or, or for any other reason. If the, if the individual is involved in a hit-and-run accident, um, any of the things that, that uh, the records that we routinely use to identify or find individuals um, would could not be used um, if the individual was an illegal um, alien, uh, illegal, an immigrant that entered the country unlawfully. So we have government working against other government interests. And as I said in the beginning, I like to brag about the cooperation that exists among the agencies. We're better able to serve the public because of the cooperation, but we have laws coming out of Albany that limit our ability to work with um, other government agencies. Um, I, I, I can't understand um, why. Um, certainly the election issue, um, when, when an individual goes in, obtains their driver's license, they, uh, the agencies that are equipped with, with a kiosk um, faces only the individual obtaining his or her license. Um, a, a, a question comes up, do you wish to register to vote? The, the government official behind on the other side of the counter, they don't know what that individual indicated. But if that individual checks yes, um, they just registered to vote. They're not in the country um, lawfully, but now they're, they're a voter. Um, we were told that one of the things this does is it makes it easier for these individuals to work because they to get to work because they have driver's licenses. So we have New York State government making it easier for a person that's unlawfully entered our country to work, avoiding um, Social Security payments that the that our citizens, the hardworking men and women that made this country. Um, pay a penalty to work here as a citizen that it, the individuals that enter the country unlawfully don't have to pay. So we've actually got government, local government, state government, making it easier for an unlawful, a person who unlawfully enters the country to break another law 
and work while they're in our country. Fix the immigration. That's 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 the answer to this. Um, spend the time, spend the energies. Don't have one side fighting the other. Put all of the focus and all of the energy on fixing our immigration policy, making it easier. But but uh, these are individuals that that they don't know where they even came from. Some of them, or certainly, will deceive us about where they come from and and say they're here um, fleeing or, or here as as refugees, um, when in fact they're just here for a handout yeah i Some heard uh, the day of this taping that robert Mueller is talking about foreign interference with our elections and how very important it is well this would be foreign interference with our elections people who, who are here illegally perhaps voting in our elections so it's foreign interference so they talk about it on a national level it can be right here in erie county well there was an expression that if you we don't learn our history we're doomed to repeat it um the Trojan horse comes comes to mind. So we're a, a invading army, um, can't get through the gates or can't get through the wall. They build a, a fake gift horse, and they hide their soldiers inside of the horse and wheel their gift inside the gates into the city, and then open up the the uh, the, the gate or the horse and, and attack and sack the city. Um, we don't even get the gift horse. We simply say, "Come on in and 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 do what you want." Right? We'll give you our resources. We'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll spend where we're ignoring our veterans and our elderly, but uh, enter the country unlawfully, and we'll treat you better than we treat our own people. Disgraceful. Our guest today is Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard, back by popular demand, and he was interviewed on our sister city, WBEN Radio with Tom Puckham, regarding the bomb threat in downtown Buffalo on Wednesday. A very dedicated, honest, decent public servant, Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. If you're listening in West Seneca, New York, Toronto, or Manhattan, drop us a note listening to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Tim Howard comes from a family of law enforcement officials ranging from municipal judges to state troopers. He has two children and six grandchildren, married to Susan, a lovely woman, our guest, Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. Let's talk about the drug problem with loose borders. Uh, it's estimated that 90% of the illegal drugs coming in the country come from the southern border. Uh, what can we do about uh, this invasion of drugs? Every week we see a couple young people in their 20s with their obituaries, uh, with uh, drug uh, overdoses. What can we do about this? Sheriff Tim Howard. You know, let's just say a bottom line. If we can't control the people that are crossing the border, then how can we even begin to think that we can control the powder or what the people are carrying when they when they come across the border. So, um, that, that's probably saying that's that's the real bottom line. If you can't stop the people um, crossing the border, you certainly are not going to be able to stop um, the the dr- drugs that some of them are, are mulling that are carrying um, into the country. And without a doubt, we continue to spend countless resources both in fighting this war on drugs as well as um, arming our emergency services um, personnel um, with, with an antidote to try to bring individuals back that have overdosed from, from a drug that, uh, again, with the, with the open border um, policy, or, or at least not being able to control the border, continues to come into our country in ever-increasing amounts. 
We'll talk a little bit more about the drug situation. Now we're uh, told that marijuana will be decriminalized in the near future in New York State. We have alcohol problems with DWI. We have uh, problems with gambling addiction. Uh, so many other problems with smoking, and now there's talk of decriminalizing marijuana. I understand in Colorado the accident rate and death rate from drugs has gone up with the legalization. Now Canada has legalization of marijuana. A lot of people are scared to drive the QEW because people can be high late at night driving vehicles high. And uh, let's talk about how you're worried about fatalities uh, from car accidents with well, with marijuana being legalized. Sheriff Tim Howard. You're correct that uh, the others have reported that the accident, you're, you're twice as likely to be involved in an accident if you were using a marijuana than if, than if you were, were not. Um, the enforcement of this, the, the traffic enforcement of an individual driving under the influence certainly creates an unforeseen problem. Um, the, the drug recognition experts that have been trained to recognize other drugs, um, we're go going to have to um, train more of them. And once again, divert law enforcement personnel from other duties to go to, to go to this training to stop other duties and respond to accidents that are investigated by other personnel where those personnel are not drug recognition experts themselves. Um, the, the dogs that are currently out there um, that have been trained to um, smell and identify marijuana um, along with other drugs will have to somehow be theoretically detrained, but no one yet knows if that's possible. So these drug dogs will no longer be able to be used at a considerable expense to taxpayers that acquired um, these animals. But, but um, there's been no talk or no discussion that if it's decriminalized or simply made lawful, um, what will it do to employment? I mean, to individuals, to to different employers. So it can't it can't force employers to say we have an open use of marijuana policy to to go along with the law. Um, I, I guess for the individuals that are in favor of it, um, would you go to a dentist or a doctor or fly in an airplane knowing that your pilot or your doctor or your dentist is is uh, just before beginning a procedure or a flight um, that you're taking has has used marijuana and if the answer is no that you wouldn't use it then then how can you be f in favor of doing this so i i have to wonder to the motivation here are we becoming an increasingly permissive government in some areas while becoming more restrictive and more demanding um in others um and again thinking of history um isn't this what happened that brought on the, the fall of rome right absolutely that, um and what loosening was morality about so yeah. somebody fiddled while 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 rome by partied while nero and, and nero nero fiddled <laughs> while rome burned thank you I, I don't remember enough to really be intelligent so. you're very intelligent and i'm sure that our director of production kevin carr who's been with us for 15 years doing this show if he was high on marijuana he'd have problems just doing the production work here if he was high he keeps leaving the room is he going out for a candy bar or something right so uh, thanks no for he staying, wouldn't be Kevin. doing so, it he's a conservative guy he wouldn't do that again our sheriff man. is erie county sheriff tim howard popular elected official tough law and order man now the sheriff is about 60 years old 
He's healthy. He has a tan. He drove here on the Sheriff's Department motorcycle. And a lot of people want you to run for office again. Can we see one more term, two more terms with the sheriff? You know, I love I love what I do. Um, but the campaigns are made um, extremely difficult. And, and it's the campaigning. I love to be with people. But it's the fraud and the the misstatement and the interruption of of an office and the criticism of the men and women that work very hard um, at what they do, but everyone suffers when we get this kind of of uh, politics. So, um, I, I, I don't think I would can go through the election process. But again. a lot of and people not, in not, your department are begging you to run again. No, a I, lot of them in the I, department. I, I talked to a lot of detectives, and I love and what I do. But staff. I I just. I just don't like the direction that government's going. All right. Now let's talk about your family. You've got a lot of members of your family in law enforcement, and I tried to get them on the show, but they are shy. They wouldn't come on. We we reached out to them, and they didn't yeah, want to come on. To the whole family, they, I, I wanted to talk to the whole family because <laughs> they're five or six who are in law enforcement. Tell us about what they do in law enforcement. Well, my oldest brother is retired as a lieutenant from the Cattaraugus County Sheriff's Office. My from next younger brother is retired as the chief of police um, from the town of Eden. And my youngest brother um, retired as a senior investigator um, with the state police. Um, sat for a while as the judge in the town of Albion in Orleans County. And uh, now he just spends his time as, as, as do my other brothers with, the, with their grandchildren. You have one sister who's married to a correction officer. We joked that the rest of the family worked uh, to keep him busy by keeping uh, people in jail. <laughs> but jail. but, uh, but uh, he he is also retired. But um, next next generation, um, my oldest brother's son is a investigator with the state police. Good. Um, I have uh, two sons. One is a senior investigator with the state police. Another is a sergeant with the state police working in the Albany area. Um, one son's wife is an investigator with the state police in the casino. I have a, a stepdaughter who is married to a man who is also um, a sergeant in the state police. So I might say that that I no longer have well, anyone in my family that's a trooper because they've all been promoted. It had nothing to do with me. It's, it's like a Tim Howard family dynasty in law enforcement. They're all over the place. There was actually a period of time that three of them worked in the same station. Two of them were investigators and one was a trooper. So if you called Machias, it was pretty likely that someone <laughs> named Howard was going to answer the phone. And we have a family that that is in the area. So there was a good chance that you, you, you call Machias, you might talk to a, a distant cousin. Very good, very good. And when you're not working, what are your hobbies? What, what do you do to get your mind off law enforcement? Um, I like almost anything outdoors, and not not so much the golf. And I I, I do do some charity tournaments, but I just go there to um, contribute to the charity. So I'm definitely not a golfer. And if a good golfer invites me out, they usually never do it again. <laughs> They, what is it? They, they they drop down to the level of the people they're playing with. So I'm 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 not welcome to with with the with the good golfer. Um, but I I enjoy being outdoors. But you know I I like horses. I hunt. I I love to shoot. So uh, um, bows and um and and, fire, and firearms. Um, I like to encourage other people to do it. I still work with the Boy Scouts one night a week in the summer Good. at summer camp on on the, the shooting sports there and a little sheriff's. I outshot the sheriff's competition, but to see um, young people learning the, the safe and responsible handling of firearms and what I'm people. I'm sorry, say. we've come to a close. Thanks uh, again to Kevin Carr for 
his work as director of production and Mickey Powensky with the Sheriff's Department for setting this up. We've learned so much about how the sheriff is attending to a terrible bomb threat in downtown Buffalo, very dedicated, honest, decent public servant. Thank you for enlightening us, Sheriff Tim Howard. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.